Right, tonight, Alan Chemanting breaks away from the MPP, uh, goes independent. The party is asking the rank and file to remain calm. We'll hear from the party's national organizer next. We'll also be hearing from the NDC uh, communications officer. They have a statement out tonight. Uh, also, uh, already uh, tagging uh, Alan Chemanting as an opponent. You want to stay with us uh, for that, plus further analysis all here on uh, news night also tonight association of ghana industries fights any blanket removal of taxes on sanitary parts as they argue it will affect local businesses uh, we have details of that for you uh, plus your views and comments also in sports black queen's coach nara Haptel confident of victory ahead of rwanda clash tomorrow at the craft sports stadium Mm. Uh, we'll also have business uh, for you and George Raffi will bring in the very latest uh, from the world of business. As Evans will tell you here from the governor of the Bank of Ghana on reasons why the central bank left the policy rate at 30%. Mm. And uh, stay with us because uh, we are focusing almost exclusively on this uh, major developing uh, story within the new patriotic party with the breakaway of Alan uh, Chermanting. Uh, and I, I have with me the national organizer of the party, Henry Nabwachi, uh, is on the line uh, with me. Also with me is uh, the uh, communications officer of the NDCS, Sami uh, Jamfi, who has issued a statement uh, tonight on this particular matter. I want to start with uh, you, Nabwachi, on this. Uh, the, the party is asking for the rank and file to remain calm. Uh, is that indication that there is panic among your ranks. Okay, uh, we'll try and uh, get him uh, for you, uh, but uh, we'll, we'll be joined uh, pretty shortly by him and we'll also uh, get uh, Sami Jinfi on. I believe Sami Jinfi uh, is on right now. Mr. Jinfi, thanks for time you're on Newsnight. Hello, Sami. Okay, uh, stay with me. Uh, this obviously is uh, is a major developing story. One of the key things that we've learned tonight is that uh, we have others uh, who are now beginning to join uh, Alan Chermanting now that he's decided to go independent. Stalwarts of the party, like SK Boafu, who was the Ashanti regional minister, have already uh, joined him. Uh, and uh, their fears this may become a, a bandwagon of other key individuals in the party also doing same. Listen to him talk to my colleague, Elting Broby. Uh -huh. I could have also be a flag bearer, isn't it? Because of this, the, my membership in this party or anywhere. My experience in politics. But it's always, always one person who leads this nation, who will lead this nation. And I think the sentiments he expressed are okay. If there had been some redress or some, because I was a former member of the reconciliation committee of the party. We have, we brought so many people back into the thing. I believe in that. I believe in unity. I believe in coming together. So they should have called him long time to settle this issue. It's a simple thing. But you see, when power gets into your life, you may forget all things. But power corrupts, and it will corrupt absolutely, and it will end you in very So, Honorable S.K. Boafo, a stalwart of the MP, fully endorses. Our president in 2024. Yes. yes, I do. We're going to see you campaign for him. If 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 he gives, he calls me. I will do it. If he calls me, because I'm, a, I believe in that. I believe in seriously, because you see, I laid down my life for this party. I've been in so many things. We went to exile for seven years. 
And that's SK Bar for one of those stalls of the party already also breaking ranks and breaking away from the MPP to join Alan Chairman. Taking the nap, Bwachi uh, is uh, the uh, national chairman of the party. Harry the Nabwachi joins us right now. Mr. Bwachi, thanks for your time here on Newsnight. Thank you, man. I'm the national organizer. National organizer of the party, yes. National organizer of the party. <laughs> tell me, t- tell me. I-, I saw your statement today in which you're calling the rank and file of the party to remain calm. Is that indication that there's panic within your ranks? Oh, no. I mean, there's not um, a panic situation. I mean, Honorable Alan Martin is a formidable personality. I mean, he served this party for so many years. He was there uh, during the formation of this party he served as um, ambassador to us before he served as minister of trade and industry under former president kufo and then now recently resigned um so yes he is a huge personality he's contested or he's had this strong um, ambition to be president for quite some time he's run on he's tried to run on the ticket of the mpp for quite some time now so yes he is a huge figure in the party and he's announced that um, he's resigned from the party and not only that he is also going to run as an independent presidential you know candidate so yes we need to address some of the issues he mentioned um, he touched on some decisions from national council he touched on the fact that um, there's a certain cabal he touched on the fact that um, they just and that special delegates conference um, seems to be an orchestration and then skewed towards one particular person and then all of that. So yes, the party's name appeared in the press um, address he had today. So the party officially must respond and the general secretary uh, tomorrow shall respond to some of these matters uh, arising out of the press conference held by Honorable Alan Kojo-Chamate. So it's not a panic situation, but yes, all members must remain calm as we await the press conference tomorrow. Safe to assume that the party knew of this before it was announced today by Alan Chamate? Um, I'm, I'm sure you yourself, it was, it was rumors, you know, um, coming from certain quarters uh, myself i had some but then it is also important to mention that the national chairman representing the party uh, after the special delegates conference and after mr alan chamatin's withdrawal uh, from the entire process the national chairman representing the party went to him um, uh, to to his house and then they had quite a fruitful discussion and then the national chairman was assured that everything was okay everything was calm so yes from that angle um i would say that everything was cool um, it was not expected but also if you're a political person and you put your ears on the ground you'll be hearing some of these rumors until today when indeed it was these rumors were presented to us as a reality i wonder knowing what you've just said now was there any attempt from the party to try and talk him out of this yeah, I just mentioned, I said that the national chairman went to him. Hmm. Yes, I mean, I'm, I'm saying this uh, on record, and it's a fact. The national chairman went to him. And so, what, yes. what response did he get? Uh, sorry? What response did he get? That everything is okay, everything is fine, nothing is going to happen. So from that angle, 
we were of the view that everything was okay until, yes, you hear certain rumors and then you hear that there's a press briefing today that is somewhere over the weekend and then that will chart a new political path from Honorable Kujal and Chimatin and then it started also dawning on us that this could happen. But as a huge political party in Ghana, arguably the biggest political party in Ghana, I think that we are um, not perturbed by some of these moves. I mean, obviously, you get some of these um, storms in your way, but then we need to, for John, we need to regroup as a political party. We have a main election ahead of us, and this has happened at the time that we are seeking to elect our flag bearer so that we can be fully prepared for next year's elections. So um, it did not come at a very you know, good time, but then as a political party, I think we've seen some of these setbacks before, and we are going to rise above it. You said you're national. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, some of the reasons um, being adduced for uh, the resignation from the party is, for me, somehow a bit unfortunate. I mean, when you say that the special delegates conference, because I voted in the special delegates conference, and I was never coerced. There was no orchestration whatsoever. I was never under any pressure to vote for a particular candidate. And you see, those who voted, the, the caliber of persons who voted in the special delegates conference um, with the greatest of respect and humility, I think that it would be unfair for anybody to say that there's a certain orchestration, there's a certain maneuvering, there's a certain unseen hands trying to put pressure on people to vote along a certain you know, uh, pattern. I, I mean, think that would be most unfair to, because to be... you have national council of elders, you have uh, regional chairpersons, you have national executive. But but Alan, uh, but Alan, do today isn't the only day he he's made these comments. In fact, shortly after the delegates' congress, he issued a statement, and in which even that is what I'm saying that I, I find it unfair. And, and I guess that the fundamental question is: since he made these pronouncements earlier, shortly after, what was done? at least address these concerns that he Don't forget that there were some specific issues raised and then the general secretary issued a statement and then mentioned that some of these things were going to be looked into. Don't forget that we referred some personalities to the disciplinary committee um, and then the general secretary assured Mr. Alan Chamartin that we're going to look into all of these matters. So at least I was expecting that, I mean, we would wait for the party or write for the party that A, B, C, D were the issues we raised and then we are still... Uh, because I know, even recently, I saw the disciplinary committee team, the committee, had a head office meeting to discuss some of these issues. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so that is what I'm saying. As part of it, too, the national chairman representing the party also went to him. He is the national chairman, also went to him. So a lot... Um, um, we did quite a lot. Well, but, but the, the, national point was, the point I was trying to make, and I know that maybe it will come up tomorrow, is that, and I am saying it because I also voted and I was part of the delegate, the special delegates conference, that it, it cannot be said that when you have constituency chairpersons, you have regional executive committee members, 
you have national executive committee members, you have national council members, you have sitting members of parliament, you have ministers who are MPP members, you have national council of elders, and then it will be said that a certain unseen hands, some orchestration, some pressure was on these persons to vote in a certain line. I think that that would be most unfair. These are, these are the leaders of the party. They are managing the structures of the party for us. So I, I, I find this particular assertion quite unfair in all humility. And these assertions are not supported by any evidence. You're almost I suggesting voted. that Alan Chamanting's uh, reasons for, sorry? for you're almost suggesting that Alan Chamanting's reasons for breaking the way. And I'm found. sorry, it was breaking. You're, you're, saying? You're, you're almost suggesting Alan Chamanting really, based on the the reasons he, he, he laid out today for going independent, he really hasn't got a real justifiable basis to take the action he just he just did. For me, I think so. I think so. You see, we. The, the special annual delegates conference, we had 17 polling stations. We had some few, you know, problems, just isolated issues. I can say just about Northeast region. So we have 16 other regions. So it cannot be said that we had widespread irregularities in all of these voting centers. No. And, and I'm also interested in the attempts to get him to change his mind once the party got wind of these speculations. You said the national chairman went there and he was told everything is fine. Um, was that enough, though? I mean, it will question. Was, was, did the party really... Because the last time this happened in 2007, the former president himself got involved. Uh, Mr. Darocha was involved uh, in addition to the, with, with the party chairman. So th there were, there were Ivan, a whole I host of... I also tell you that a lot of high-profile personalities were involved in fact including i mean some campaign key campaign persons mps were also not in favor of this i mean you talk of somebody like sly who was handling greater craft or mr lancher he said that no he's a party person you talk of somebody like Collins Ozamankwa, who was handling a central region he just posted that for him he's always been elephant and nothing is going to sway him away from that he MPP is not going to follow any independent party uh, candidate. You talk of Catherine Afoku, who has also declared that he is not going to follow any other person. He is an elephant. He belongs to the elephant family. You talk of OPK, Nkwetia um, 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 MP. So a lot of people, and I know, I know a lot of people were not happy with this. And then they said, you know what, please, this is uh, something that has happened. I think that we can talk about it. Be still being a party. And all that. So that, for me, maybe is an individual decision, and then I will not be rushing on that. He hasn't. But some of the reasons being adduced, that is why I find it a bit problematic. For instance, if you attack National Council, that you presented a petition to National Council, and National Council overruled that petition. And for that matter, you refer to National Council's decision as unmeritorious and unconstitutional. That is the second highest decision-making body of the party. It is not just one person. No, it, it, we are talking about national council of the party. So if you, you can unleash such an attack on national council, I find it most unfortunate. If you present a petition to national council and then uh, the petition is dismissed, it doesn't mean that you have to leave the party. 
I, I don't think so. Uh, and, and, and in fact, I, I, in, in that meeting, this the petition. There, there, there were there were some you know private opinions and or maybe maybe two main two main issues. Um, a, a certain group saying that we need to centralize the conduct of the special delegates conference, and one um, position is also decentralized, and then we put you to vote. National Council voted on these matters. And overwhelmingly, the decentralization position won. So it cannot be said that it was unmeritorious and then unconstitutional. And then you describe National Council in such unprintable you know, manner. I, 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 don't, I, I think that is most unfair. Well, he's resigned now. He's gone. What happens? Just a second. Yeah, yeah. But what happens to what happens to other party members who join him, who express support for him? What happens? I to them? am I am of the firm opinion that a lot, my overwhelming majority of them, will still be part of the Elephant family. And as I said, we have mentioned quite a number of people, key personalities. Yeah, you have. But, uh, but SK, SK Boafo, former Ashanti regional minister today, has declared that he will support Alan Chamanting. I'm, I'm curious to know, once you declare your support for Alan, do you cease to be a member of the MPP? That is what the constitution says. In other words, as we speak tonight, SK Boafo ceases to be a member of the MPP. That is what, I have not heard it. I'm, I'm, I've, not seen, I've not seen it, I've not heard it. You are saying it, but the constitution is quite clear. That if you're a party person and then you go and support any other candidate apart from our presidential candidate, it means forfeiture of membership. Um, Harry Nabacha, thank you very much. And that's the national organizer of the new patriotic party that uh, we are waiting. Uh, we'll, we'll be bringing you that uh, coverage of the uh, NPP address uh, tomorrow at 2 p.m. We want to stay with ourselves for that because this obviously is a major developing story that the MPP uh, is uh, beginning to grapple with. Uh, but also, as has been saying, the NDC uh, has also uh, been uh, been putting out statements on this. I am delighted to say uh, that uh, we've been joined by uh, Sami Jemfi, who is a National Communications Officer. Mr. Jemfi, thanks for your time here on Newsnight. Uh, thanks for having me, Eva. Uh, in a statement you issued, you say, quote, the, the point has to be made forcefully that Alan is not a viable alternative to the failed incumbent MPP government. I wonder why you're taking this hard stance approach towards him when many say that his resignation only nures to your favor. Well, um, I'm on record to have commended Mr. Alan Chermantin's resignation from the new patriotic party. I think that his resignation was long overdue, given the fact that he has been a victim of continuous harassment, intimidation, and so on, in the new patriotic party, particularly under the leadership of Nanadu Dankwe Kufuado in recent time, where we've seen uh, a deliberate attempt to suppress dissent, to suppress divergence, and to oppress persons who are perceived to be opposed to the whims and caprices of President Ekufuado. Um Some of us knew that Alan Chermantin was not going to get a modicum of fairness or justice 
in the ongoing presidential primaries of the MPP that he sought to participate in. And um, so when his supporters were being attacked here and there, and one nearly lost his eye in the northeast region when he was uh, brutally beaten by members of the New Patriotic Party who are opposed to Alan Chemantin. It was not surprising to us at all, because we've always known that the New Patriotic Party is not peace-loving. They are not democratic. They have no respect for divergence. And so um, his decision agrees with this long-held view of some of us, and um, we can understand why he's taking the decision. And in fact, we commend him for taking this bold and principled decision to resign from the new patriotic party. And yet already you are attacking him. Come again? And yet already you are attacking him. No, we are not I'm not attacking him. Why will I attack him? Um aside his resignation from the new patriotic party, he has um, indicated that he will be contesting the twenty twenty four election as an independent candidate. And he says that he is doing that to break the MPP and DC duopoly. And that um, he thinks that the MPP and the dual police should come to an end and so on and so forth. I'm saying that cannot be sincere. That position of Alan Chemantin is not candid. It's not objective. And we need to be honest with ourselves. Because a few weeks ago, he wanted to be president of Ghana on the ticket of the MPP. He's resigned from the MPP and is contesting as independent candidate because he says he was not treated fairly. Had he been treated fairly in the ongoing primacy, he would not have resigned. He would have been contested. For example, if he emerged as um, at the first candidate in their superdelegates conference, do you think he would have resigned? No. They have been contested to be their flag bearer for the 2024 elections. So just because he didn't have his way in the MPP, just because he's been hounded out of the MPP, just because he and his supporters have been harassed, you know, and, and, and subjected to all manner of violence and so on in the MPP, doesn't make him different from the MPP. The MPP is embedded in his DNA. He said it today himself. And he's been part and parcel of the MPP team that has messed up this country, that has virtually destroyed our economy. You know that... Until recently, Alan Chermantier was the Minister for Trade and Industry, a position he served in for more than six years. And as a cabinet minister, he also doubled as a member of the economic management team. As a matter of fact, he was one of those that Dr. Baumia uh, 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 referred to as, as what a solid team. Once upon a time, we were told that he, was, he, he, he and others in that economic management team had a magic wand to transform our economy, and so on and so forth. When we gave his government the opportunity, and he was made Minister for Trade and Industry, and a member of the Economic Mismanagement Team, we saw some of the worst, you know, economic policies in our history. We saw the destruction of businesses because of the, 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 the excessive imposition of crippling taxes on businesses. The trade and industry sector, which he was in charge of, hmm, saw a significant decline under his leadership. The manufacturing sector, for example, declined from a growth rate of 7.9% under President Mahama in 2016 to 4.5% as at the time he was leaving office. 
despite their much touted you know one d one s initiative the commander sugar factory that we completed and bequeathed to him to operationalize as minister for trade and industry was left to rot for more than six years that is the man we are talking about here i have nothing personal against him a lovely personality a gentleman by all standards but he comes to the table with a very poor and weak track record that we cannot rely on we cannot even consider and this whole talk about oh I'm, I'm i'm the third force you have been waiting for i'm the man to break the ndc mpp do police excuse me you have always been a member of the mpp you have always been a member of the government you resigned only to contest to be their presidential candidate and you are resigning from the party because you placed third as a result of intimidation and harassment. Well, well, already. You understand? So I mean, this, even, this, even on, even this, on day this one. attempt to play Pontius Pilate, you know, and claim that he and the MPP have nothing in common and so on, and he's a desire people are waiting for, for me, is not candid. Even and, on, and the, we even must on day one. With him, uh, you know, and, and tell him that. Even on day one, it appears the gloves are already off from the MP NDC's uh, point. No, we're view. just being objective. Yeah, Once I mean, the gloves are already off. I mean, you it, an intention it, it, to contest. The he is obviously an opponent now, and so of course. No, he, your your track record will be examined. So, but you this, for example, if he was never a part or a member of the Akufuadubagumiya government and played no role in the destruction of our economy, in the destruction of businesses, in the imposition of uh, excruciating hardships on the people, then we could we could see him as a new person. He could be that third force. That, that he's talking about. But, 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 but you but, but, but have more been fundamentally, an active yeah, member Samir. of the economic management team of this government. Yeah, but more, a, more fundamentally, minister. More, more fundamentally, Sami, many will look at his resignation and say he's definitely taking votes from the MPP, whoever they put up, and most likely going to be Baumia. Is the NDC positioned to exploit that? <laughs> I mean, we are very confident of winning the 2024 elections on the basis of our superior track record and the superior candidate we will be presenting in that election. Um, it is early days yet to be speculating about what the incumbent MPP is likely to suffer from or to benefit from. We don't want to engage in that kind of speculative you know, analysis. Neither do we want to be complacent. If he's going to contest the election, he will be an opponent to us, just like the MPP. And we will go into the election, run the, our campaign based on issues, based on the facts of what we've done for this country, what our flag bearer has done for this country within the limited period that we got opportunity to serve, and what we are seeking to do for the people of this country. And we have no doubt in our minds that objective Ghanaians will see through the deception of you know um, um, this you know um, uh, independent candidature of Alan Chemantena. Uh, and thank you very much, Sami Jinfi. Sami Jinfi is the uh, communications officer of the uh, NDC. Uh, joining us right now is his personal assistant to uh, Alan, uh, Nanayao Sapon, uh, who is joining us uh, right now. Uh, Mr. Sapon, thanks for your time here on Newsnight. Hello, Mr. Sapon. Yes. Sir. 
Uh, thanks for joining us on News Night. I mean, a short while ago, we heard from the national organizer of the MPP who says Alan Chamantin's reasons for going independent are just simply unfounded. He, uh, and that everything else he said there, simply unfair because the party had tried to address it. What's your response to that? All right. Thank you very much. Um, basically, I would just say that um, Alan Chamantin has and whatever he presented to Ghanaians has been well received. He has laid down the issues and I think that instead of um, trying to attack um, the issues, we should rather find very uh, positive way of responding to the issues he has raised. If the party um, thinks that the issues raised and uh, by Honorable and Kujo Tremantin are unfounded, and they think that he's been unfair to the party, uh, they should come out clearly and state it as it is. Well, they now, have. What, what are the issues he raised? He's raised issues of intimidation. Just one of it, uh, aside being the other issue. Let's look at it. Um, I, I know that Joe FM has followed the recent presidential primaries of the uh, MPP. They just ended super delegates. And we can all attest, okay, to the, um, including the physical, uh, you know, violence and, and, and intimidation of other, other um, aspirants um, who contested... Well, Mr. Sapon, the party set up a committee to look into all this. Um, my brother, let us be honest with ourselves. Alan made an issue he put out a press statement indicating the, the kind of intimidation and the kind of troubles that were caused his followers. Um, I, you and I have been in this country, and you would know and you would attest the fact that there was no such committee that was set up to actually look into the matter. But then what they did was just to brush over the, the issues and try to coerce the 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 um, um, aspirants into actually doing what they wanted. The party indeed set up a committee that was supposed to have taken care of the presidential primaries. They set up rules. They had a guideline. The party has a constitution. Did the committee actually follow the the guideline that they themselves set out? Well, we, we, we just had a disclosure a short while ago from the national organizer who says that the national chairman of the party himself went to see Alan Chamanting when these rumors surfaced that he was going independent. And Alan Chamanting told him, according to Nabachi, that everything was okay. So he was simply being disingenuous. If you take the word of Henry Nabachi, he knew he was going to do this and he, he had to find an excuse to back it today. And if as as as, as Nanabi spoke, you and I know that the party, as a, that the EPP as a political party, has a way of uh, its way of doing things. If indeed such um, a conversation was held, if indeed Alan Kujetramantin was invited to meet the party leadership, do you think that Nanabi would have not been the first person? Don't you think he would have been the first person to have come out on radio to announce it to the world that indeed Alan had been invited? No, he, he, talks about, well, he, party leadership he, he talks about the national chairman. He talks about the national chairman. He was very specific. National chairman went to see him. And and I am asking, if indeed 
the leadership of the party had invited him. Swiftly, just the same way they have just responded to his resignation. Do you think that it wouldn't have been out there for you to hear? Well, we're talking about two different things. You said invited him. Uh, Nanabi says the party chairman actually went to him to try and understand what let, the issues let us are. Let deal with the matters that Alan Shamanting No, I mean, if we can confirm that. Did that happen? And why did Alan Shamanting tell him then, if indeed that's true? I, 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 am, I am not able to confirm whether or not the national chairman met with him. But I am saying that just as Nanabi has mentioned, and just how swiftly the party has responded to his resignation letter, for the whole world to, to read. Do you think that if there was indeed such a move, he wouldn't have been in the norm? And I need to ask you very finally, because uh, we need to wrap up on this. The, the national organizer made the point that anybody who declares support for Alan Chamanting ceases to be a member of the MPP. And I, I, I bet that includes you. You accept that you're no longer a member of the party as of tonight because of your support for him? We're talking about Ghana being transformed. We are not talking about political parties. It is time that we look at individuals who have transformational and generational minds to lead this country into into being the Ghana we want it to be. The party is there. Constitutionally, yes. If you declare your support for 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 any person who decides to go independently, means you are forfeiting your membership. There are 1,001 men out there. I mean, your, your, your reporters were at the venue to actually uh, witness it for themselves. Indeed, Ghana needs a third force. Ghana needs somebody who would move this nation into transformation. And that is what Alan Chamantin is presenting. If well, you've well, got well, the, the history, of well, the, history the history suggests that independent candidates simply do not do well in Ghana's uh, political uh, sphere. Uh, not to talk about this, one this, who, this who, is is, who is aspiring to be a third force. This, this history is going to change. We are changing the status quo. I see. Right. And what, I what, think what, that what about Alan makes it special? Protest, in the recent protest that just happened, you will notice that almost every single person who took part and was interviewed has issues with both the NTP and the NDC. So Alan is and simply positioning himself to exploit that. leadership that would move this nation into greater heights. Mm. And that is what Alan stands for. Alan stands for that hope. Alan stands for that transformational leadership. And that is what we are all, all calling for. Okay. Uh, thank you very much. That's Anayel Sapon. Uh, and George is here uh, with me with, with business. And, and George, one of the things we'll do right after business is to go to the Shanti region. Uh, we'll be joined by uh, our colleague there who has been sampling for us uh, views from uh, that region. And it's important that we need to go there because, of course, Alan Chamantin traces his own roots from there. And the, the concern is that now that he's going independent and, and there happens to be the stronghold of the MPP, he may definitely take significant votes away or some votes away from from the MPP that may cost them the 2024 elections. And we'll be getting the views from uh, our listeners in the Ashanti region shortly and on the ground also what the talk has been uh, there uh, right after uh, business. You want to stay uh, with us uh, for that. George, what do you have in the headlines? Well, Evans, coming up, improving economic conditions and declining inflation rate pushed Bank of Ghana to hold policy rates at 30%. An economist and political risk strategist Dr. Tui Champon warns of reversal in recent inflation rate slowdown. Be getting more details on that one. The Business News on Newsnight is brought to you by MTN Business. Welcome to the new world of business, kingdom books and stationery, syntax tanks, and Pepsodent charcoal and herbal. 
season of the year gets in some points. Momo pay or you say Momo up. Send with ease and win big. You be mad tanto or you be Momo user. Momo season abanti send it via. Send it via. Momo season abanti send it via. From now till the end of September, end points when you download the Momo app and make Momo Pay transactions to a merchant via either the QR code or merchant ID and stand the chance of winning a thousand Ghana CDs weekly and other amazing prizes. Our merchants are not left out. Receive payment and win. There are lots and lots of exciting prizes to be won. So download the Momo app, transact with Momo Pay, and get rewarded this Momo season. TNCs apply. MTN. Hooray! The Kingdom Books and Stationery Limited's Back to School promotion is here with us once again. From the 4th of September to the 31st of October 2023, Kingdom Books and Stationery Limited is giving a generous 10% to 15% discount on all school items like textbooks, pens, pencils, erasers, exercise books, and so much more across all our branches in Accra, Tema, Kumasi, Takradi, Winnebine, Cape Coast. Parents, teachers, and students, please hurry while stock lasts. For more information, call us on 0302-764-101 or 0302-764-209 or email info at kingdomgh.com. You can also visit our website, www.kingdomgh.com. Kingdom Books, where quality and affordability are both assured. Terms and conditions apply. Syntex has it all. Syntex Tank was first to introduce double layer tank, and now you can have as many layers as you want. Syntex Tank was first to introduce white inner layer tanks in Ghana, and now introduces the customer specs order, which will let you order any color and size you want. Syntex Tanks gives you the biggest warranty of seven years, which no other tank gives you. So, whatever your water consumption, size of project, or demand, choose Syntex Tank. Syntex Tank, stress-free. Syntex Tank, reliable. Syntex Tank, maximum guarantee. Call 0244-335-168. Kumasi 0505-555-666. Or visit SyntexGH.com. Syntex Tank, a year strong, a year tough. Luxurious affordable living is your right and no one understands it better than BOT Properties. BOT Properties specializes in modern residential buildings and commercial office spaces. Our properties include the Equator, a 12-story made up of over 100 apartments near Accra Mall. At the Equator Courts, we offer you the deluxe living experience with our top-of-the-range homes, high-quality homes built with style and precision to suit your lifestyle. The Equator Courts is a gated community with two story four bedroom detached houses at Ubuju East Legon near American House. Our office complexes include Zion House, Shiashi East Legon, Zion House, Sofaline Interchange, Kumase. Our offices and apartments are for both rental and outright purchases at affordable prices and with flexible payment terms. Kindly contact us on 0257-960-919 or visit botproperties.com. BOT Properties, the new meaning of affordable luxury. Yeah! 
Welcome back to Business on Newsnight. Now, the Bank of Ghana has indicated that it was forced to keep the policy rate unchanged because of improving economic conditions and declining inflation rate. The governor of the Bank of Ghana, Dr. Ernest Addison, disclosed this at a news conference in the crowd today. There is more in this report. The governor of the Bank of Ghana, Dr. Ernest Addison, argued that the optimistic about the inflation outlook hence the decision to keep the rate unchanged. We were a little bit concerned uh, in the second quarter when inflation sort of got stuck around 42. But we, we think that with the drop that we have seen uh, in the August numbers, we probably are going to get back to the path. We should lead us close to the 29% that we had originally forecasted. The Bank of Ghana Ghana is optimistic about the government program and how that will impact on the broader economy going forward. We are projecting possibly a 3% growth, which is almost double the rate of growth under the IMF program. So those are the discussions that we had on, on growth last year. I think the consensus view of the Monetary Policy Committee is that we should see stronger growth than projected under the program. Dr. Addison believes that the Ghana city will remain fairly stable going forward. We think that the program is doing what it is supposed to do. Stabilize the economy, right? We are beginning to see growth improving. We are beginning to see inflation going down. If you look at the sizes of the drops uh, since the end of December, we've seen substantial drops in both food and non-food inflation. We have seen the exchange rate stabilize. So th these are all ingredients. This is what the Bank of Ghana had to say about a total debt stock hitting 575 billion Ghana cities and the contributing factors. On the basis of the exchange rate, you would see that the external debt in CD terms has, has increased. But we also did talk about the improvement in the current account balance that one of the reasons that we are seeing so much stability is for the fact that we have an external debt standstill, right? So compared to a year ago when we were paying a lot of money to service external debt, right? This year, we are not spending that money to service external debt. We've estimated nearly a savings of almost $2 billion. The Bank of Ghana governor believes that the economy is on the right path to recovery and expects funds to firmly stabilize post the IMF program review. Is a business tax report in a related development finance lecture at the University of Ghana Business School. Dr. Benjamin Anwar noted that the move was in the right direction, but was that nothing much will change. 
What we need to understand here is that what is going to trigger changes in rates will now be on the risk premium of each borrower that goes to a financial institution to borrow. Uh. In other words, fundamentally, the signaling rate is the same, 30% July, 30% September. So the difference will now be on, like I said earlier, on how risky the borrower is and what the borrower wants to use the money for. But then if you look at the big outlook, what we need to be worried about is how much will it cost those who source for funds from the savings and loans and the microfinance subsector of our financial services industry. And Dr. Benjamin Amwa is a finance lecturer at the University of Ghana Business School. Let's still stay on this issue because the Ghana National Chamber of Commerce and Industry, this is the chief executive, Magbedu Abuaji, was however worried by the action. He maintains that a reduction would have been preferred. Because looking at what is happening in the macroeconomic environment, we're actually expecting a deep policy rate. But we have seen a dip in the inflation rate by just 3%, looking at June, July, and August. And then also the stability in the foreign exchange markets. Uh, the least they could do, at least, is to maintain the policy rate at a 30%. But for us, it's still... Uh, very high policy rate of 30 percent as usual will also translate into a high interest rate if you look at the interbank meted average rate which is close to 27 percent that is even among the banks that is how much they are, they are borrowing it means that ordinary business person who walks into the bank or any of the financial institutions to get some money will be paying more Mark Bedouabwaje is the chief executive of the Ghana National Chamber of Commerce and Industry. Economist and political risk analyst Dr. Tui Champon is warning that there could be a reversal in the inflation rate slowdown in the coming months. Inflation for the month of August dropped from 43.1% to 40.1%. Now, this has given some indication that the worst is over when it comes to inflation rate. But Dr. Tui Champon says should be measured with our expectations going forward. Yeah. Should be food around and then, you know, um, people moving food from the market, maize, yam, um, and all of that. So if inflation in, um, as of the last reading, was 40.1 IBM yeah, or something, something around months. that mark, right? Going into the busy lean season in November, December, January, where, yeah. again, we've got lots of food imports coming in exactly then you're actually likely possibly to see inflation even begin to to go up in based on the historical trends and the numbers the other thing is inflation is also driven of course you need to look at the household um, consumption expenditure patterns um, and in ghana relative to other african countries we're spending typically about half of the household consumer expenditure is on food and fuel right um, other people spend a little bit more but we sit in the middle of the median pack economist and political risk analyst dr chu champon and that's all of for business on newsnight back to you evans uh, thank you very much george and uh, let's do sports now Ms. Bao is here with the very latest hello Ms. Bao. Yes, hello, Evans. Well, the Black Queens will be in action tomorrow at the Craft Sports Stadium and is the Women's African Cup of Nations qualifier. And they will be playing the second leg of the first round of qualifiers against Rwanda. They remain in the first leg. They travel to Rwanda, Kigali, where they defeated the Rwandan women national team side seven goals to nil. And they'll be looking to complete the job tomorrow at the Craft Sports Stadium. Well, head coach of the side, Nora Hupto, has been speaking to the media and he says, he says the team is fully ready. 
Yes, of course, uh, you're right uh, that we are here with 23 players. Uh, the regulations in the AFCON are that we only can announce 18 for the game tomorrow. Um, so we always uh, look a bit for the rotation. In, in the end, it's always the next game which counts, so we take it very serious tomorrow. Um, and it's it's all the time a bit the question which players are in competition shape, um, which are in fatigue, um, maybe there are little injuries, so this is a bit the, the question from the load side and then on the other hand uh, we have a, a game plan which we slightly adapt and of course also there we look then for players and position which work in function to our game plan so probably there will be a little surprise tomorrow. Yeah, that's uh, head coach of the side, Nora Haptil there. So the game will be at the Craftsport Stadium tomorrow and uh, you can make time and watch it. That's it for sports for you, Evans, uh, brought to you by Pepsi Don Herbo and Jacko. Yeah, thank you very, very much, Babao. So live here on News Night is on Joy 99.7 FM. Now, tonight there is a seeming flame of political consciousness that has uh, been ignited in young Ghanaians. Many of them between the ages of 20 and 25 poured onto the streets during the occupied Julobi House protests to, among others, demonstrate against the high cost of living, unemployment and mismanagement of the economy. Now, social media platforms like Twitter and Facebook played a significant role in mobilizing the young protesters. Uh, I want to bring in Dr. Echisi Kanku now. He is a leading scholar in political communications, international communication, uh, political framing and uh, campaign uh, strategy as well. He himself was on the ground and joins us with thoughts on this. Now, uh, Doc, uh, you observed the protests and saw the majority of young people who participated. What factors are most likely to trigger the awakening of political consciousness in today's youth? And you believe possibly that what we saw over the last uh, uh, three days from Thursday to uh, Saturday may be the beginning of more such protests led by the youth? Yeah, thank you very much, Evans. Um, on the ground, uh, doing some reporting and as an observer, just to clarify that, uh, not, not as a protester. But anyway, um, in terms of young people and their participation in politics, um, there are a lot of things that can be ascribed to this reason. What we the, 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 the literature has said is that political action movements um, in the modern era um, have been characterized by three things. Uh, one of it is the dominant role of the youth, and secondly, the absence of direct political party engagement, and then lastly, um, the, the widespread use of technology or social media. So uh, the question about a majority of young people uh, participating, the factors that are likely to trigger the awakening of political consciousness uh, is a very relevant one, but it is not just uh, related to Ghana alone. Um, research has shown that it's a very widespread and global phenomenon that can be ascribed to a lot of developed and third-wave democracies such as Ghana. Now, the, 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 the answer to that question in terms of what really triggers um, the youth is, is that, you know, um, Ghana currently has over about 50 to 55% of its population being young people. More than one in six people in the world right now are between the ages of 15 uh, and 24. Uh, but the fact of the matter is that the economic status of young people is usually very low. I mean, they, they lack financial security. And so they are more likely to come out or they are more likely to be victims of a challenging economic situation. And so that is probably the reason why we saw a lot of them 
have come out to demonstrate. Um, of course, they do have a lot of energy and, and creativity, and there are feelings of anger and frustration, and these things uh, lead people to come out. But we also have to remember that there's the role of social media uh, plays a very important part because it is a means of expression. Young people have found a means of expression, and so it restructures the democratic space. It restructures the public space, uh, sphere in a way in which it helps them to mobilize themselves. Uh, it helps them to accelerate recruitment. It helps to facilitate the communication process. And it helps people to build and connect in a virtual collective identity, which they can then uh, ride on to, 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 to mobilize on the ground or offline. And I believe that is what we are seeing. And, and you, So that's what you're seeing. But the key question is that, is this one that you, you expect to be sustained over a period or this is a one-off? Um, that's, that's an interesting question. Um, we, we, we can only wait and see how it pans out. But uh, to, 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 to speak to it, I, I believe this isn't the first time that uh, the organizers demonstration country. Uh, they've, they've done it for some time. So um, they've, 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 they've been a major, a major player or a major factor within our body politic for some time. And if, if they haven't fizzled out, so to speak, and um, if you watch or carefully, um, the, the, the energy, the passion of, 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 of the, the participants was, was at a high crescendo. You saw, like you rightly described, a lot of them, um, 50, uh, well, eight, uh, let's say 20 to 35, uh, sometimes maybe above uh, the early 40s, um, a lot of them very, very uh, vociferous, very, very passionate about their, their, their expression in the frustration of how things are going on in the country. I believe that there is a certain, uh, there is a certain feeling that uh, they are the current generation. There is a certain feeling that they want to make a difference. There's a certain feeling that young people have the power, and there's a certain feeling that they can ride on this power to bring about the change that they need in our society. Mm -hmm. And so when you talk about um, certain principles or concepts such as social identity, they want to identify with each other. They want to ride on this collective identity in order to express and reinforce things that they themselves are experiencing. And the last part of it is that when there is that feeling of injustice, people come together to work collectively. So if you realize, most of the reasons, if you did the research and you talk to people, you realize that most of the reasons people stated, apart from the original factor, was their dissatisfaction with the way the police handled the protesters mm. on the first day. And so a lot of them talked about the injustice of not allowing people to express their feelings or to demonstrate. And so these collective emotions uh, come together to, um, um, to, to bring about some anger and frustration. And people want to be able to express that. And that is what really heightened or gave a lot of fuel uh, to what happened. So mm. um, we, we just wait to see whether this is going to um, uh, spread over a period of time or they are going to be able to continue it online. Yeah, and, and that's a key part, is it not? I mean, this online manifestation of this protest and how that online then eventually then translates into what we see uh, on our streets. Uh, my colleague, Masuk Baba, uh, covered the protests for us over the three days and now examines uh, this rising protest culture among young Ghanaians. Young Ghanaians between the ages of 20 and 35 singing the national anthem after blocking 
major roads in the capital after police prevented them from protesting in front of the Jubilee House. The singing continued unabated. They argued why they should be allowed to get to their protest destination. Here, I've met a young woman, Fatia. She's the granddaughter of Ghana's first president, Dr. Kwame Nkrumah. Her own experiences with Ghana's healthcare system made her join the protest. in this country has reached a point where the minimum wage is less than a loaf of bread. And if that's not enough reason to be out here in the streets, then I don't know what is. I've personally lost women who are incredibly close to me and instrumental in my birth and in my raising because of the poor resources that the healthcare system has. If things don't change, it's going to make living in this country impossible. In fact, living in this country for many people is impossible. Also here is Patience. She got to know about the protest via social media platform Twitter, now X. She says she had been looking for ways to vent about Ghana's healthcare system after her father and mother died as a result of an ineffective healthcare system. Also as a result of the same situation? Yeah, he didn't have a bed at Colibu. He didn't have a bed at Colibu? Yes, he was in the University of Ghana, Legon, the, the University of Ghana Medical Center. The hospital, right? And for two months, for two months, they were waiting for a bed at Colibu for him. Because they didn't have a dialysis machine at the Legon Hospital. So they were taking him to Colibu. And they didn't have a bed, so he died. Yes. That's why you're taking part in, the pro yes. in this protest? Yes. Demand better healthcare. Yes, we demand better healthcare. Effective healthcare system. That is what we are demanding. And Maxwell Brothers, that uh, report and uh, is in the day uh, dominated by the announcement of Alan Chamanting that he's broken away from the MPP, uh, going independent. Uh, let's go to the Shanti region now where there's been some reaction there. Then I watch Yadon joins us. Uh, what has been the reaction in the Shanti region to this? The party stronghold? The Adada's opinion shared towards the resignation of the former trade minister Alan Kujutsi and his decision to run as an independent candidate. Some people say they did not expect the resignation of the former trade minister and his decision, finding his decision disappointing. While others, on the other hand, also think that his decision is indeed a bombshell for the new patriotic party, believing that moving on to run as an independent candidate will affect the fortunes of the party in the 2024 general elections, especially in the Ashanti region, which happens to be the home region of Mr. Chenantin. For declarations, some delegates we spoke to have asked for some time to make some consultations before they make a firm decision as to who to support going forward. While others from the opposition NBC believe that this is a sign of victory for their party going forward into the 2024 general elections. Whereas, this is generally what we have from the Ashanti region. 
Uh, thank you very much, Nebachi Yadon. You want to find uh, continuing coverage of this across our digital platforms. Also on myjoyonline.com. You also want to catch uh, the live uh, Joy News Prime at 7 because we have the very latest uh, for you on this also. You want to stay with us because uh, Dana and Sakura is up next with Modern Day Kumi Preko live from London.